just just the sheer amount of defensemen that can and should be playing are on this roster right now. But yeah. Yeah, what you just kind of described sounds like a uh, defensive version of Jack Works to me, and I, that excites <laughs> me. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 30 of season five of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody, and welcome from the state of people where know how to people know how to say McNaughton the first time. Oh, fuck you. I've said it over a hundred <laughs> times. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're at the midpoint of the season and Michigan Tech only had an exhibition game last week, uh, we decided to reach out to our resident recruiting expert and current student, Nathan Seema. Thanks for joining us, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Yeah. So we're going to discuss Michigan Tech recruiting. Plus, we'll talk probably a little bit about GLI since Dustin hasn't been on the podcast since then. Maybe touch a little bit on that atrocity that was the exhibition game. I'm sure we'll talk about the World Junior Championships a little bit since Max Koski-Purdy participated. And then we'll talk about the upcoming St. Thomas series, which is obnoxiously Thursday, Saturday, but we'll make it work. Uh, anything else, guys? I have a new hat. You have a That's new my hat? old hat because my okay. other hat got okay. taken away by the, you know, the arena. I don't know <laughs> by, where it went. By the hat trick? <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, and I'm sure throughout this ge- uh, throughout this recording, we will probably mention the college football national championship, which is happening right now, as we speak. Uh, as I talk, uh, Washington has just taken a kneel down to end the first half, trailing by seven. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, uh, we'll be right back with Nathan Seema after a little uh, thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsor. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. 
All right, welcome back, Nathan. Um, I know the story because it's my fault, but why don't you tell the listeners how you ended up being our recruiting guru and a little bit about how you ended up at tech and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, I guess we'll start with how I got to tech. So it's actually a bit of a funny story. Um, in seventh grade, so I played hockey growing up, and I had a seventh grade math teacher who knew this, and one of my buddies that I played with was in that class. And she comes up to us with these pamphlets because her husband had gone to tech. She comes up to us with these pamphlets one day. She's like, you guys are both good at math. You both play hockey. Like, this is an engineering school. They have D1 hockey. She's like, you should, you should think about it. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and then it just, I don't know, it just kind of stuck. Like, that's, it actually ended up being the only school I ever applied to, um, which seems kind of weird for, you know, being in the middle of a, a much more densely populated area I'm from the Chicago suburbs. So a lot of people spread out all over the place. You know, a lot of my friends making massive decisions about where to go to college. And I, I don't know, I got, got into tech and just kind of decided to roll with it. And then I, I found your, your guys' Discord and I didn't, I didn't post in there for a long time. So I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not typically the outgoing type, but I just kind of started randomly posting and then, I guess I was talking about recruiting enough that Tim Tim realized and reached out and asked me if I would start doing recruiting writing for you guys. And yeah, here I am. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, Tim was talking about doing that for like weeks. He was like, this guy keeps talking about recruiting. Should we like try to get him into the chats? And he was, he was like building up the courage to talk to you to do that for a while. <laughs> well, I think some of it was, I still had to let go of it too, Matt. Like, yeah, that's as much fair. as, as much as, uh, I love doing it at a certain point when you're 43 years old and the recruits now have been born after you graduated high school for a while and they're getting close to being born after you finished college. It feels very weird to be talking about 16 year olds and 17 year olds and how good <laughs> they are at hockey when you're that much older than them. Um, I know some people do that for a living, but on top of it, you know, I have all these responsibilities now with, getting the podcast out there and doing all that work and thank God for Nick Holmes to help me speed up that process these days. Truly. But um, yeah, he just kept talking and I'm like, you know, I really do need to hand this off to somebody and who better than Nathan with the way he's talking about recruiting and paying attention to it without us asking him to, to, uh, to do it. So we're happy to have you. I'm, I'm glad you reached out. It's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you were a very natural choice as well. I think it makes sense to have a younger person that's like on campus doing it. And just the manner in which you even like, like in the discord, you've always been this way, but even on the podcast so far, just like the manner in which you speak just does not, it feels more mature than you are. And it's, 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 it's interesting. It's nice to have you aboard for the blog. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So where do you want to start with recruiting? Uh, are you asking me? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I got I guess my giant the, spreadsheet, but I haven't updated it in a while. I guess the, the logical place to start is probably the two guys that just played and won gold at the World Junior A Challenge with Canada West. Okay. So that would be... I actually was working on like a stock watch for these guys as we hit the mid-season mark. And I I know I put, I put it on WordPress, and there's a, there's a decent amount of changes that have to be made just given the, the time that's gone by since... I wrote it to where we are now, but these two were the two guys I had as listed as like their stock is skyrocketing this year. And that'd be Matthew Van Blaricom who plays for Humboldt in the Saskatchewan league. 
and Ryland Brown, who plays for Okotoks in the Alberta League, which is the same program that produced Jack Works. So okay. kind of a nice connection there. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have enough good things to say about Van Blaricum. Just the season he's having, the type of talent he is. I think he actually he he led that Canada West team in goals as a 17-year-old when it's a U19 tournament, so an underager. He's he's a he's the type of talent we don't get a ton. Um I know it's been more improved in that regard past couple of years. Um, you know, you, you talk about a guy like Kyle Kukinen, even though he realistically he's here because Suzanne is his aunt. But yeah. even then, like adding Gordon and Coscaperdi this year, just the, the types of talents that are able to make a big impact for you offensively right away. I, I think we have one of those in Van Blaricom. And then this has been less of an issue given how well Matt Campbell's played since coming back from injury. And even at the start of the year, I thought he was our best defenseman before he got hurt. I know the team wasn't playing all that well. But um, Ryland Brown is just a natural power play quarterback. And that's something that we haven't really been able to replace since Colin Sawyer graduated. So he's just, he's going to fit like a glove, I think. And he's definitely just a skill set that we don't have a ton of. And he's had an excellent year in junior. And from what I understand, he was a bit up and down at the, Rule Junior A, but yeah, just two two absolutely electric offensive profiles from those two, one up front, one on the back end. So yeah, those are pro- those are probably the two I'm most excited about that we have committed. And I don't those think guys are most likely next year, two years out, right? Yeah, yeah. I think one more year of junior for Brown. He's an 05, I think. So he yeah. has one more year of regular eligibility plus an overage season, which I don't think he'll need, and then. Van, Bar- Van Blaricom is a guy that I think you probably look at coming in early, depending on where he plays next year. Yeah, if he moves to a better clear. league and does well, I wouldn't be surprised if he, that's his last year of juniors, right? Yeah, yeah. I think mean, you, you yeah. really need to, for him to to move into a better situation where he's going to be more challenged next year because he is, he is tearing that league a new one. I think he's he's up over 1.5 points per game now, and there's no other U18 player in the league that's over one, just to give an idea of just how special what he's doing has been. Yeah, yeah, I have him penciled in to come in basically as what would be considered a true freshman if all goes well. And you obviously have to see that production in a league other than Saskatchewan, but he's doing it as a 17-year-old, so it's not like he's overage or anything uh, for the league he's in. But I would like to see him step up and produce in a different league, better competition, whether it's BC or USHL next year. Um, we'll see how that works out, but that's the direction I see those that going. How how rare is it for a player from that league? It's the Saskatchewan league, right? Yeah. To, yes. um, to lead that Western Canada team in that uh, world junior, is it a. eight under a? Yeah. World junior. A. Uh, I would say that's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah it's there. most of those teams are, especially like Canada West, most of those guys will be the Alberta League and the BC League, which are kind of the two, probably the, those are probably considered the two top junior A leagues in Canada. And then you have the Saskatchewan League definitely lagging behind those two. For, so for him to make that team as a 17-year-old playing in that league and then play in their top six and be one of their top scorers, it's it's very, very impressive. Yeah, so while it's you know hard to, to, to really – compare him to other players when he's playing in the Saskatchewan league, we got a pretty good glimpse of what he can do against better competition, which is nice to see very much. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had, I don't know if it was the, 
He had a game where he scored two. He had two goals laid on in the tournament. I think it was the semifinal against the U.S. And that's a team made up of, you know, the best players at that age group in the USHL now. And those guys are all committed to to huge programs, and you know they're very very good hockey players. And for him to compete against them and thrive against them is is a really good sign. Yeah. So the two guys that did better than him on his team were Logan Sawyer, who's going to Providence, and. Oh, computer be faster. Jake Jack Silverberg, uh, who's going to Dartmouth. Oh, that's America's both... team. What? Dartmouth. Dartmouth is America's team. Oh, absolutely. Because they, they, they were they're downhill since their Twitter account guy graduated finally, but they were an amazing <laughs> follow on Twitter for years. Oh, that guy. There. If that guy isn't there anymore, then Ferris is America's team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not there anymore. <laughs> but he was an amazing. How is how is Ferris America's team? Harrison's gone now too. So that's fair, but also it seems like there's an announcer pipeline there. I've enjoyed the Brody broadcast as well so far. So let's not write him off just yet. Yeah. No, that's always a fun tournament. I know. I think uh, Mitch Renke played in that tournament a long time ago now and performed very well. So it's a good place. It's more likely for like college players or future college players to kind of show off than anything else i'd say um but it's always nice to see when when uh kids that tech is has recruited are getting to participate much like it was awesome to see uh koski purdy actually play in the world juniors uh even though he made the team i was kind of surprised that he got as much time as he did um pretty harsh watching him be a part of the team that fell apart there in the third place game but that's the Ugh, what a collapse they had in the third uh, period that was I, I was talking to a couple different people about that and like that is honest as much as it sucks that is why that tournament is like the best tournament to watch oh it's because yeah, it's no lead is safe yeah and yep. anything can happen like the emotions of the that age group of kids like it can just flip on a dime and you can be like, like what happened in the third place game. You can be up two and you can lose by three. And it, that was like eight minutes of the game, right? If that. Oh, and then watching team USA go full, we're going to ruin the hosts of be yeah. a bunch of, you know, teenage boys <laughs> having mm-hmm. a good time getting booed and just yep. feeding off of it with, you know, I could not exactly imagine what how you good expect. that feels. <laughs> they, were, they were the team Iceland and Mighty Ducks. They were winning they instead were. of losing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it was <laughs> they embraced that villain role right away, and that was cool as hell to see. I actually really liked watching that because yeah, my... those Sweden fans were electric, and yeah. they were just feeding it to the U.S. kids. And then when they started scoring and they started shutting up, I could not imagine how good it would feel for them to be on that ice. Yeah. And there's a there's a lot of lot of history between those age groups of the U.S. and Sweden, like the the old fours, which made up the the core of every team for for that World Junior tournament. That was mm-hmm. the oldest birth year that was in the tournament. They the old fours for the U.S. and Sweden played in the U18 gold medal game a couple of years ago, and the U.S. severely severely outplayed Sweden in that game and got goalied by the same goalie who was in that. For the world junior gold medal game and then so it's not just the next this year game, the there's history yeah yeah and then the next year the old fives met again in the gold medal game in the u.s won in overtime on a ryan leonard goal who scored the, the dagger in the in the gold medal game this time around so I, I imagine the swedes probably aren't too big of fans of him but
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. So uh, back to recruiting uh, like future guys, we've got, uh, let's see. So I think we got, we talked about this on Discord. Brandon Hilton's done playing hockey, right? Like he's not really he, a recruit. I don't know for sure, but he hasn't popped up as playing anywhere this year. He played, I think he only played one, he played one game for Madison in the USHL in the 22-23 season and kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth and played the second half of his public high school season in Michigan. Okay. And he's not, uh, he hasn't shown up as playing anywhere this year. So I think it's probably safe to assume that he's, he's done with the game. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. See, he was an incredible talent. Yeah. And that's like yeah. the second time in the last three years, I think Tex had a guy that committed and then quit playing hockey. Um, it was it Van Compernol the, was the yeah. other one. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I just wonder what happens in the life of a young player where they decide that they don't want to even try the Division One hockey route just to be, as as the chat has put it, a scholarship sponge and just go there and get a degree. You know, like, I just don't it's know. It's not a small amount of work to keep it up. I know, it's not, it. a, I mean, it's not, I understand you got to be that, driven but... as hell to actually be a D1 athlete. Yeah, that is and true. You, but... you hear a lot about these kids that have been Especially like me recently, I didn't I didn't play AAA or anything. I wasn't quite that good, but um, you know me having grown up around the game. You know, I'm 21. I played from when I was eight to late till I was 18, and the amount of kids you hear about that are just being run into the ground from a young age playing AAA hockey, and and they, you know they end up done by the time they're 14 or 15. It's it's there's quite a few, and then you know if you're already getting run into the ground playing AAA now, imagine a D one workload and then, you know, having to go to college on top of that. And it's a lot for some people and it's, it's not for everybody. So I can, I, I can't understand it as much that of is, a shame as that it is. That is fair. And it, I, I guess looking at it that way, because if you think about like triple A travel hockey, even in a like hockey dense state like Michigan or Massachusetts, you're driving all over the place to like different States and Canada and stuff like as young as like 
12, something like that sometimes. So yeah, it can yeah. get, like, even the travel and stuff like that can get exhausting pretty quick. Yeah, and I, I'm from Illinois, and I, I skated out of a rink that, that Team Illinois was there. It was their home rink for most of the time I was growing up. And um, the big AAA programs in Michigan have a deal with big AAA programs in the Chicagoland area where they're, like, they're going back and forth and playing. Which at a professional level doesn't sound too bad. When you consider it's kids, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, so back to like guys that are supposed to come in probably next year, uh, Max Beckford. I know we had a little controversy over him because he was not listed as committed on one of the latest, um, uh, what's the team name? Can't think of it now. Uh, Wisconsin to go. Yeah. Uh, the Wisconsin NAHL team coached by a former Husky. Uh, they released a, line chart the other day that didn't have him marked as committed to Michigan Tech and I'm guessing that's just an oversight but uh so he's coming in likely next year was in BC now is in the NAHL uh 6-2 guy from Ontario apparently what do we know about him um I'm gonna be honest not a ton I don't pretend to be a goalie guy okay that's that's something else entirely, but I think just looking at the profile, some of the seasons he's had in the mall, um, it's it's a guy that you, depending on how you know he develops at the collegiate level, it could potentially start games. Um, I, I wouldn't be looking at him as somebody that's going to come in and contribute right away, especially since you're looking at realistically probably two years of it being Max Varanen's net, hopefully. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Beckford sitting behind him for a couple of years, but yeah, I. I I don't know a ton about goalies. I'd be able to tell you a little bit more if I could watch him play regularly, but yeah. And hopefully we see uh, him be somebody that can be a, a competent backup with Max taking the lead, uh, Max Marinan taking the lead since uh, Morelli after the exhibition, which you can only put so much weight on that game itself because Max Marinan didn't have a very good game either. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think. Morelli showed anything that says he's more than like the your typical college third string goalie on a you know where, where you can only have 18 scholarships so he's not getting a lot he's just a guy that uh is there to have depth of some kind and and then you hope it can turn into something valuable even though more than likely it's not gonna oh yeah Hopefully I guess Max kind Beckford of... can be more than that yeah to kind of turn our attention just at least for a second to the exhibition game I mean, the touch on that, I mean, I feel like I've talked it into the ground in the Discord, but I feel like both teams used that appropriately for where each team was in, like, the, their point of the season. Like, Northern Adam played in a month. Their starters got to get their feet back under them. They send them out there. Tech's in shape. They just fresh off a holiday tournament win. See if another guy can plug into the lineup and going forward. So they send in some of those fringe guys. So... I think that's kind of, in a nutshell, why you get the score that you do. And I know it's kind of like a little bit of a different angle, but Nathan, I assume you watched the game. Uh, parts of it. I was That was my last day at home for break. So okay, where, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But um, from what you saw, was there anybody that isn't like a normal lineup staple that you would like to see more of in a game situation? Um, well, I've been pounding the table. Me and Diaz both pounding the table <laughs> a little bit for this on Discord, but uh, I was—I'm a big Henry Bartle fan. Um, he just—I don't—he scores goals. I think he's going to be—you know—the the numbers in junior don't quite scream like a guy that's going to be a consistent 
you know, 10 to 15 goal scorer at the collegiate level, but I think he has that kind of upside in him. And I wouldn't necessarily expect it right away, but I'd like to see him get opportunities, especially because like with the talent we have up front, um, you put a guy like him in a, perhaps a bit of a lesser role, but then you're looking at more punch down the lineup. I think like if you're, if you're looking at a lineup that has, you know, potentially him and Tyrone Bronte playing on a fourth line, then you're looking at, three lines that are genuinely a threat to score, four, sorry, four lines that are genuinely a threat to score. And I feel like that's a luxury not a lot of teams have in college hockey, even the, you know, the big names. Like you look at BC and realistically all their scoring comes from two lines, the the kids from the program and whatever line kind of go GA centering. So for us in, in a smaller conference, smaller program to be able to, to have that kind of offense, offensive potential down in the lineup, I feel like that would be very beneficial. Yeah, it's very easy for me to imagine Diaz screaming about something. It's a little bit tougher for me to imagine you screaming about something. I, that carried, <laughs> it carried more weight for me to hear you were screaming about trying to get this guy in the lineup. But, yeah. <laughs> I think I've been in, in the same boat as Nathan, where like I have been surprised that he hasn't gotten more opportunities, because like he said, I think he can score, which is something we're missing. But unsurprisingly, Joe seems to be trying to favor the guys that he has more faith won't allow a scoring chance um and and that's where Bartle has to prove it more and I think the exhibition you know Joe even said it I think post game and on the show uh this morning that that Bartle's a guy that showed well in the exhibition and he'd like to find some time for him so hopefully that means he at least gets a chance to play you know one game a weekend especially at home uh and and see if he can start contributing on the the offensive side, either creating scoring chances or whatever, and just uh, find his role and get a place on the team going forward, which, which I think is good for the team to, to add more scoring depth, like Mason said. And I think the the big thing is you have to be patient with a lot of these guys as freshmen. Um, You know, not, we're not the type of program that's bringing in guys that, you know, were first round NHL draft picks that were, you know, already tearing, Division one college hockey up with the the program and their D one heavy schedule the, the year previous. So you know, I even I look at a guy like Isaac Gordon. I he was you could tell the pace was a lot for him to start the year, but the first the first couple of games I kept looking at my buddy next to me at the games and I'm like, this kid's gonna score goals. Like when he gets comfortable with the pace, he's gonna score. And you know, he's second on the team in goals right now. So I think if you if you give you have to have some there has to be some leeway with with your more talented freshmen but i think once they get comfortable you're looking at contributions that you maybe didn't think you were going to get right away no that makes sense um so we have uh i have five potential forwards it looks like pentelton for next year uh charles edward tardif quinn disher logan morell Ryder matter and reed i'm gonna say this wrong so rob why don't you just say his last name for me I'm going to say it wrong. I always Davatella. do. Davatella. Davatella. So uh, who you want to talk about first, Nathan? Um, I guess start with Tardif because I don't I don't know that we're sure he's still committed. Okay. Um, I think somebody I've tried. I've tried looking the the team he plays for and then all doesn't post their line charts or anything. So there's no way being able to tell on that. And for whatever reason, they don't list commitments on the Null website. Like if you just click on a player profile. But I think somebody posted in the discord a while ago the the only program he was following on either twitter or instagram was mankato <laughs> okay so I, I i don't know and he's he's had a nice year kind of to be expected though playing in the second tier junior league in the us as a as an overager 
but yeah, I think he, yeah. he, he, he could play, he could certainly play a role if he shows up at some point. Um, where do I go next? I guess Ryder Matter. He's another one that played at the, he played at the World Junior A last year for Canada West, and he didn't have anywhere near as big of a role as Ben Blaricom or Ryland Brown did. But I think this is a guy you look at, you're, the offense hasn't quite been where you would want it to be for a guy in his last year of true junior eligibility. He could, he's an 04, so he could go back for an overage season. But that the Spruce Grove team he plays for also doesn't score. And he's their leading scorer. And he's got like 25 points in 40 games or something like that. So okay, I'd say take the, the lack of production with a grain of salt because this is the guy I think you're looking at potentially being like an Arvid Kadros successor in the sense that I know Arvid like more – more was potentially expected of Arvid in terms of offensive production and like anchoring it a scoring line. And I think the player he's become the past couple of years as a you know, matchup centerman, just giving you, you know, quality minutes from a third line. I think that's a very valuable player to a college program, especially one like us. And I think matters the type of guy that could potentially succeed him in that role. Okay. So Nathan, um, what's he's, the, what you know, do you up think and down. He... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think is the over-under on Quinn Disher becoming the all-time assist leader of Michigan Tech? <laughs> he's uh, he's had fantastic <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'm going to go with seasons. near zero because it isn't the yeah. 1970s anymore. That's very that, that's fair. Also... That is extraordinarily <laughs> fair. There have been great strides in just about every aspect of the game, especially goaltending since then. Yeah. <laughs> he's also he's also had two very very difficult seasons back to back now to the point where i don't even know if they're gonna want to bring him in to be honest oh geez okay um he was he got i think he got traded twice last year and wasn't particularly productive at any of his three stops and then i think he had two points in 10 games in the bc league or something like that to start the year and now he's joined max beckford and ethan dk in Wisconsin playing for is it Blake Hiedela is the coach Hiedela yeah Hiedela I'm still I'm still pretty new to Michigan Tech hockey so I'm not I'm not too Hiedela. too well Hiedela? versed on yeah, some older guys Hiedela, yeah that's why his nickname is Heater it's not yeah. Heater ah. <laughs> nicknames are nicknames Rob when <laughs> Heater was fits. playing with the Kalamazoo Wings he came to say hi to me because I was wearing Tech stuff it was cool <laughs> Heater's good in my book. <laughs> Does Gene that... still work for the athletic department, Rob? No idea. That I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. His mom used to be like the hockey coach's secretary a long yeah. time ago when I was still a student. <laughs> uh, so we got anything else on Quinn Disher? I don't think so. I don't this... I don't know what he's done. He's he's kind of yeah. played many games, oh if my any. Oh gosh, this guy has just been like politely roasting Quinn Disher the whole time. <laughs> It was like, <laughs> what does he even do? Well, but but <laughs> Matt, like, uh, maybe part of the reason that I didn't mind giving up the recruiting stuff is because, yeah, next year's class, as far as what's on paper, unless they get more commitments and change things. And, and part of the problem with college hockey is there aren't 12 news outlets talking about recruiting. So, it, it, like, and it's not like Heisenberg necessarily gets the updates on guys decommitting or getting dropped. So you don't always know stuff like whether or not Tardif's coming or whether or not Tech has moved on from Disher. And we don't even have good press releases on who signed during the early signing period. Any like Tech doesn't really release that stuff anymore. It's all a big secret kind of. And I don't quite know why. And I also don't really understand why 
like the signing stuff isn't like there isn't like an NCA database of signed players because technically you can't recruit them. So the NCA really should have a database that I can go to and look at it and not be Heisenberg where it's not official in any way, shape or form. Um, so yeah, like they're like, I'm really excited about the D man. We can talk about him. I don't know how he's doing this year though. Uh, which one? I think there's two. Max Persick from yeah, so he in, in uh, Finland, right? No, he's he's in North America now. He's in the oh, DC he? League. Okay, yeah. How's he, that going I think for him? He's, I think he's he's from what I understand, he's he's transitioned pretty well. And I think you're looking. He's not necessarily like, he's not going to be a world beater or anything, but he's like he's big, physical. He's going to win board battles. He's going to be strong in his own end. So you're looking at him as a guy um, probably fits pretty well as a foil to like a, a Rylan Brown, who's, you know, um, more offensively inclined as a defenseman. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you need guys like Perstich if you're going to win. So I think that's that's a big add. I think, I think neutral zone has him as a four star or, or did at one point. So that's like like neutral zone had Kyle Coogan as a four star. I think that's probably a bit low, but. Oh. You know he's he's not a bad recruit by any means. I think he's going to be a very very important player. Maybe not right away with how many just just the sheer amount of defensemen that can and should be playing are on this roster right now. But yeah, yeah, what you just kind of described sounds like a uh, defensive version of Jack Works to me, and I, that excites <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I and I know Dustin's the one that actually found this on the interwebs, but I. Part of me does think that uh, Max Persick is just a gateway to his brother, Matic Persick, who actually played for Slovenia in, in the U20 or in the World Junior Championship at their division, which I think it was, let's say here, 1, 1B um, as a 17-year-old. So, uh, you know, Slovenia is obviously not the creme de la creme of uh uh, hockey hotbeds, but the fact that you could maybe get a kid that's already playing for the World Junior Championship team as a 17-year-old is a pretty good thing, I think. And we'll see if that can actually happen. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see Max uh, come in and and excited to see that, that pipeline of getting kids that are playing in Finland to continue. Um, we haven't heard much about that in a while. Um like I think Max is the last one that did commit and there's nobody after him, like after next year, that's kind of expected to come in. Um, but yeah, like the, uh, and then the one forward we haven't talked about is the, the family member, uh, Reed Davitella. Did I get it right, Rob? Even though you said it like 20 yeah, minutes that was, ago. That was close enough. Yeah. Okay. Davitella. Davitella. Uh, how is he doing? He, First, I would be kind of surprised if they bring him in next year, to be honest. And that's yeah. nothing against him, but he's playing down the line down the lineup for a very, very good Fargo team. Like they have maybe okay. lost three games the whole season. They they regularly blow everybody out. So he's been I, he's been phenomenal for them. I mean, I before tech season started, I watched a little bit of USHL hockey because that's also on flow, and he's. He's going to be a very, very good power forward at this level. I think he's he was killing penalties, you know, for a guy coming coming out of the Nall as a as a seventeen year old last year, and then to make that big of a jump to be a, you know, he's I think he has as many points in the USHL this year as he did in the Nall last year. Um, 
and for him to 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 get such a huge responsibility for a team that's you know has realistic realistic expectations of winning the USHL this year, I think it's a pretty big deal. So the only reason I would say he maybe doesn't come in next year is because I think there there could be more offense there if you um, let him cook for another year in the USHL and potentially get a bigger role with Fargo. I would assume most of their top nine is gone next year, realistically. So yeah, no, and that makes sense. And and with everything else going on, you know, if they can get you know a kid or two to commit that's playing in Finland at a higher level, like. Uh, Max and uh, Larry Raymond, you can you can see them getting penciled in to come in right away. While some of these other guys either get pushed back or I've I I looked at the uh, main Nordiques website and found the list of commitments and Tardif is not on it as being committed to college right now. So did not pause before coughing there. Great. Okay. Um. Yeah. So who knows what'll really happen with all those guys. And that's kind of the, the crappy part about college hockey is trying to piece this all together with the, with the, uh, uh, the chicken scratch notes that we have from everybody kind of thing of trying to figure out what it all means and trying to figure out if a guy that committed back in 2020 is still actually in the pipeline and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it looks like we've got, uh, we talked about Ryland Brown, so we've got three guys left. You've mentioned Ethan Decay a little bit. He's also playing for Wisconsin in the NHL. Yeah, he was another one that I kind of looked at. Is he hasn't? He seemed pretty promising when he first committed. Um, just the numbers that he was putting up in AAA, but um, he re- he's really really struggled to score in junior. He had a really tough year last year. Um, I think he got traded. He was he was playing with. One of uh, I'm blanking on the name. The the big pro- Brooks in the Alberta League, who's the like they're the the premier program in that league. Like they produce Kale McCarr and stuff like that. He he wasn't really playing for them, and he got traded, and still didn't do it a whole ton with a bigger role. And then he was really struggling this year, and he ended up in in Wisconsin, which seems to be a pretty common theme. Um, with our guys, you know, I think we've had three guys struggle a bit in the BC League this year. And then end up there. So I'm assuming that has something to do with with our staff here, especially with uh, attack along them. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Uh, and then Skogan Schrott. Yeah, he's very, very, very dynamic. Um, he's he's had a pretty solid start to his junior career. This is his first year playing junior. He was with the Florida Alliance program, which is actually becoming pretty big, which you wouldn't expect out of a, a AAA program <laughs> in Florida. They produce like. Gavin Brindley, Seamus Casey, to name a couple. Those might be only those might be the only two notable ones. But um yeah, he's had a he's had a nice year. Um I think he's a guy that could potentially be a top six option one day at the collegiate level. I think there's that kind of offensive talent there. So we'll have to see how he keeps like, see how he keeps progressing as his junior career moves on, if he's still scoring. Obviously you want to see the scoring go up as he gets older. But yeah, a little over a half a point per game, sixteen or was it nine goals, eight assists, and twenty nine games in the BC League right now? So, not a bad first year of uh, you know taking a step up from AAA, but you'd probably like to see a little more, being that it's the BC League. Um, yeah, although I think time. with all their with all their new import rules and stuff, that's that that league is becoming much more competitive. It's it's not your typical Canadian Junior A league. It's it's 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because it is kind of be trying to become the USHL of Canada, right? Like the yeah, top, like yeah. clearly the top Canadian junior A league. Yeah, I think it's, it's probably at that point already. It's, it realistically, it's probably the second best junior league in the in North America behind the USHL. Yeah, if we're like if we're excluding major, major junior, because those yeah. guys don't have collegiate eligibility, obviously. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> I bet that I bet that would be over again <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that like most of the NCA doesn't care about college hockey at all. All it takes is the right person to sue in an American court and that's over, I think. So mm. uh Tyler Miller. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised you don't have him as as coming in this year. Because he is an 04. So he's done with junior eligibility bar a overage season, which I don't think he'd need to be honest. He's been he made the he made the move to the USHL this year. He was playing in the Alberta League. Um and he's been Waterloo's number one defenseman. I think that stands to change a little bit because they just got Will Felicio in a trade, who's a Denver commit and a, a, like legitimate now. So uh, Miller's probably not going to be there all, all situations number one anymore. But he's had a very very solid year. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a top four guy at the at the collegiate level based on his profile. But it's a it's, it's yeah, we have too many at this point. <laughs> can tell i haven't updated my spreadsheet in a long time because none of the current teams seem to be right anymore now he might be coming in next year the, the only I, the only reason i can think that he wouldn't is just be we, we have too many defensemen like we think yeah. i was listening to a podcast you guys did earlier this year and you had i'm, I'm gonna butcher this tim rapidly was saying that you know he looks at our roster and he sees eight guys who you know could could play on any given night on the back end. And I think all, all of those guys still have eligibility and could realistically be here next year. And I think there's a, there's a very good possibility that you're bringing in Miller and Persis next year and taking that number up to 10 guys that could, could maybe even should be playing every night. So it's it's definitely a log jam. I'm going to let you know that you nailed saying Rampley, though. <laughs> that, was, that was spot on. You didn't butcher it at all. Yeah, no, well, I think part of the problem is, like, I... You, we obviously don't regret it, but the problem is, is Persick, Miller, and Brown all committed before we accepted transfers for Campbell and Getz. Um, so that just creates this this logjam um, that uh, that that we have. Like every, it, it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, the first question is how many of the guys that are currently on the roster uh, are gonna stay and not leave. Um, you know, whether or not, um, anybody, uh, stays longer, uh, or whatnot, um, cause we're, we're running out of the COVID year here. Right. I don't know how yeah, many guys this... actually, I think the seniors, the, the seniors this year are the last people that get a COVID year, I think. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, we don't have that problem problem anymore. So, It'll just be interesting to see what what happens on that back line because we and obviously that's part of the reason we haven't heard much um, about commitments is because we're loaded on the blue line with the three guys we've got committed plus who's on the roster that we don't need anybody for a while uh, to be committed otherwise we're looking at being out to somebody that would be coming in in 2026 right now um, whereas on the forward side if Guys like 
uh, Tardif aren't coming, we probably have needs already this year. Um, and I don't know if that's something that Joe and the staff are going to be looking at, um, uh, the portal for, or, or what, but like to keep the same number of forwards as they have this year, you're probably looking at two guys that they need to commit for next year, depending on how you shake out the commitments. Cause if we're saying Tardiff's gone, we know Hilton's gone. And then this year you said might be a guy that they have moved on from and we just don't know, or might still move on from, um, it's and then whether or not Swinkler stays is another question because he's got another year after this, I believe. Yeah, um, I'd be very, very surprised if he's here in the fall, but who knows? It depends on what his pro signing prospects are and how this half a season goes. Um, but so far, so good, right, guys? Uh, yeah, can't complain absolutely. so far. No, we haven't heard any rumors of him stealing anything from the locker room or campus yet, so. That's, That's good. true, and I also, I don't know, like, the police report's the police report, I really don't know entirely what to make of it, and when you're an athlete, you're given all kinds of things when you get to a program, you know, like, backpacks and shoes and all kinds of things like that, but you don't know what stuff you're supposed to give back, what you're supposed to hold on to, because I don't know, I cannot imagine if this is like his day-to-day pair of shoes or like his workout shoes, that they would want him back all that terribly. I don't know. Yeah, I've got no idea on that whole thing, so there's no reason for me to speculate. <laughs> yep. It, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard to, to know here. where to feel about yeah. that. All we have to do, all we have to look look to right now is 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 he helping Michigan Tech win, and is he causing problems off the rink for Michigan Tech? We we really we just have to move that's on that's true two games from, in or three from, games uh, in now we've got we've got a firm yes <laughs> on number one and a firm no on number two so far if, as long as we can keep it that way going forward we'll have i'm to happy have, we'll have to have I, nathan and, and diaz do some investigative checking on the program regularly to make sure nothing's happening right yeah we're just gonna like put them together in like a really big trench coat and have them go in together <laughs> to the locker room <laughs> <laughs> One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. We just changed our Patreon today. So if you actually sign up today, you will get charged, you know, on that day every month instead of uh, getting charged on the first of every month. Um, I just changed that setting today for whatever reason. Um Patrons that are white level or above get question priority. Uh, black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. I also put out there the actual audio recording of my interview with Jake Lucchini after his game with the Wild. Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive access to unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. I will never call it X. Uh, you Same. can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find your podcast on the site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibkey Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, providing home and auto and boat insurance for most of the Midwest. Um, and finally, thanks to 
Oh, and, and Livonia Technical Services. I forgot about that. Um, and actually, our current sponsor is no longer Livonia Technical Services. It is uh, Mike Antleitner and his books on Amazon, which Rob needs to read and, and figure out what we're going to do for a, uh, an actual ad in the future, right? Yep, I, I did start reading it. And uh, and maybe we can make some money off of that on top of what he said, because if we put a link in our thing and, he, and they actually click on it, we can get some... Uh, the referral money uh finally thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode if you like what you hear check them out at the thank you notes.bandcamp.com and michigan just made it 34 30. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha